0: 2020 Paralympic Games enter the home stretch. Day 8 of competition in the Japanese capital, now in the books. Hello and a warm welcome to the Around the Rings podcast, Tokyo 2020 Paralympics edition. I'm your host, Brian Pinelli. Our esteemed guest today is no other than Paralympics legend, the most decorated Paralympic monoskier of all time, and NBC Sports Group Paralympics analyst, Chris Waddell. Greatly looking forward to hopping on the virtual chairlift with the Park City skier here shortly. Perhaps feeling the power, possibility, and potential of the recently launched We The 15 human rights movement, unveiled by the International Paralympic Committee on August 19th, para athletes have thrived in Tokyo Unlike ever before, world records continue to fall on the track at Japan's National Stadium and in the pool at Tokyo Aquatic Center, among other competition venues. U.S. swimmer Jessica Long and cyclist Oksana Masters are just two para-athletes that continue to etch their names in Paralympic immortality. Long swimming to a silver medal in the 100-meter breaststroke SB7 for her 27th Paralympics medal one short of her fellow Maryland athlete, the legendary Michael Phelps, who has 28 in the Olympic Games. And Oksana Masters, a gold medal in the women's H5 road race to complement her gold in the Tom trial as the legendary Paralympian has now medaled across four sports, summer and winter games. Yet the games have not been without controversy on the field of play. Malaysian shot putter Mohamed Zayed Zolful disqualified after winning a gold medal and breaking a world record following a protest by Ukrainian athletes that ultimately elevated them to gold and silver. Many have called it highway robbery. Despite the one isolated controversy, IPC President Andrew Parsons has declared that these postponed Paralympic Games have exceeded all expectations. Following up upon previous marks made by the Brazilian leader, predicting that these would be the most important Paralympics ever. And who better to further discuss these comments and provide expert commentary than seven-time Paralympian Chris Waddell, joining us now from Stamford, Connecticut, where he is working with NBC Sports covering these Paralympic Games. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brian. Great to see you. How are you doing, Chris? Uh, There in Stamford, I know it's been a, a busy... Exciting, uh, hectic past week and a half. We are in the home stretch of these Paralympic Games. Uh, uh, not, not new to you, commentary on the Paralympics and obviously your, your vast experience. Uh, what have things, things been like for you uh, there in Stanford with your team at NBC Sports?
1: you know what's been great to see is just how much they've elevated the paralympic coverage it continues to grow obviously the big the big number that people were throwing around before was the 1200 hours of coverage which is which is considerable right it was like somewhere between 3 and 5 in london in 2012 so this is this is great but it's also it's so much more it's it's so much more professional i mean the expectations are higher the the quality is higher uh, you know, we're trying, to, we're trying to match the quality of, of the sports and, and really honor the athletes. And, and I've been excited that, it, that that's exactly what we've been able to do. I spoke with
0: uh, IPC President Andrew Parsons uh, before the Games and at these Paralympics, as you know, 4,400 athletes, 22 sports, uh, you know, more than 530 medal events. Andrew said, as mentioned in the opening, that he thought because of the delay, the postponement, uh, obviously this annoying pandemic that we continue to deal with, and, and the resilience of organizers in Tokyo and international federations, perseverance of athletes, that these would be the most important Paralympics ever. A, a guy, you've been to seven, Chris. It's a, a pretty bold statement by Mr. Parsons, but but give him credit. Uh, your thoughts, your feelings. I know you're not on the ground in Tokyo, but, but, but what, what is your
1: assessment thus far? You know, it's interesting. I mean, you said I've been to seven. I competed in seven, but I've been to what is it? Another another seven. I think this is this is like getting to fourteen of them for me. So, so I've seen I've seen a lot. Do I think it's important? It's the most important one. I, I you know, in some ways, I think each one is is the most important one. Each one is an opportunity to continue to. To continue to tell that story, to continue the integration. I mean, for me, it's really the Paralympics is about is about the human journey. I mean, oftentimes we we get pigeonholed in this idea of, oh, well, it's it's inspirational, it's this, it's that, you know, and it's like, yeah, that is, but if you don't see yourself in these athletes, you're missing an amazing opportunity to continue to grow as a human being. And and I look at some of these, you know, some of these, I mean, even just just yesterday, I mean, we've had we've had a great. Uh, some great uh, performances from like Susanna Scaroni, who who I was telling you earlier, went off the front with seven laps to go and won the 5,000. Just absolutely spectacular. But she was in the 1500 yesterday or today, or I don't know. I mean, it's one of those, I'm not sure which day we're talking (laughs) about. She was, she was in it recently and, uh, and, and had a problem. She has quad spoked wheels and somehow it was raining out. So it's slippery but she somehow pushed her hand through her quad spoke wheels and ended up having her hand stuck in between the wheel and the frame as she's going. And it was off the start, luckily. So it was, she wasn't going super fast, but going fast enough and hopefully healing up and going to be able to do the marathon. I mean, we're crossing our fingers on that one. But the pack left her and she got her act back together. And just hammered after that pack, and you know it can get it can get uh, strategic. People can slow down, the pack can slow down, and and she was about you know about a hundred meters off, but she was doing her best to close in. And you look at it and go, well, that's really ultimately what the games is about, right? I mean, sometimes it's like you can be so judicious about well, I'm trying to save myself for this. I'm trying to save myself for that. And there's something smart about it, but there's also something pure about somebody who just puts it all on the line and does what they can do to, to, to make it all happen. And that's what was really cool. Chris, I'm excited to talk more about
0: the many incredible performances, uh, obviously the the technology, the equipment improving, and, and we'll get to that shortly. But just to backtrack uh, briefly, uh, as mentioned the IPC on, on August the 19th unveiled the, we, the 15 campaign honoring and, uh, recognizing the 15% of the population that has disabilities, 1.2 billion people with the goal to change perceptions, to continue to break down barriers and, and to inform everybody worldwide, uh, uh about these disabilities, uh, about these amazing individuals and, uh, Uh, You know, really, hopefully a learning experience for all. Your thoughts on the We the 15 campaign, Uh, obviously uh, an amazing launch, but what will be the key for it to to be sustainable after
1: these games are over? That's a really good question. What is what will make it sustainable? Because that's that's exactly it. Olympics, Paralympics, it's the same issue, right? It's, It's we come together for two weeks and it's this amazing celebration of what human beings can do. And then we go back to our regular lives, and we don't necessarily think about it. So, how do we sustain it? Uh, that that's going to be a big question. I like what they're doing in terms of We the Fifteen. It's like, hey, I'm an ordinary person. I am. Don't make make me extraordinary because I'm going to the supermarket to go buy a carton of milk. You know, that's that's not amazing, but in conjunction with the paralympics it's the i'm i'm not amazing i'm an ordinary person with people who are perfecting their craft who are who are, who are really really good at what they do which perfecting a craft is what we're all hoping to do i mean that's part of the part of the journey that brings us from this little lump of baby that we were to to something that that we've really won, honed who we are but then we've also contributed something to society and i think when you see the athletes yeah okay i'm an ordinary person but at the same time doing what these athletes have done they are not an ordinary person they they are they are representative of what we of what the human mind body spirit can can do right and that's the that's the hope so uh, so yeah so i think in, and how to sustain it I think the sustaining it is is continuing to tell that story. In between, it's really hard to pick up the games every four years, or every two years, or six months. Now, right, we're going six months to Beijing. <laughs> yeah, so yes, it's around the, corners, the corner. You just keep it going, but but I think we have to find ways to continue that to tell that story, so that one point two billion people don't retreat into the shadows. That they continue to be part of our our everyday existence and and then we're not seeing what's different about us we're seeing we're seeing the shared the commonality right i mean you look at you look at paralympic athletes and they're they're reflective of what's best of human beings our amazing ability to adapt but we don't know that we have this amazing ability to adapt until we're forced to do it right and so so i think we've got to continue to tell that story find a way to tell that story and find a way to 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 see ourselves because i think they're we're all really good at, at telling people why we can't do something i can't do this because of this or that you know and it's like okay you know let's let's find a way to figure out why we can do something or or how we can go on this adventure how we can live more fully that's that to me is is going to be a sustainable part and it comes from the individual but it also comes from the organizations continue to tell that story.
0: Well said Chris so uh all the best to the IPC and athletes and uh uh, very innovative and and obviously important. We the We the Fifteen movement um, that hopefully many will will continue to learn from. Let, let's go back onto the track, Chris. Uh, it's been 21 years since you won a silver medal at the Sydney 2000 Paralympics. Uh, I can only begin to imagine, and you know, someone can I'm sure write a 150 page dissertation on this. But you know, you look at all these world records that are falling at these games. Uh, i assume you know better more high tech wheelchairs the the technology better prosthetics that are you know stronger and also more flexible um and yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. i mean what, what, what do you think it is that has changed you know what has changed so much to allow for the performances that we are seeing in tokyo as opposed to you know 20 some years ago when when you were competing in sydney
1: well, I mean, obviously, none of these people now would beat me uh, back then. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, nothing's changed. Uh, no, no, totally kidding. Uh, no, big part of this is it, I mean, there are a lot of things going on, right? I mean, part of it's a generational thing that you benefit from that generation that preceded you. I know that my generation benefited. From those people who who went from four wheeled wheelchairs to three wheeled wheelchairs, but also you know broke the six minute mile, the four the five minute mile, the four minute mile. It's cool. People there there are barriers that are out there, and people go and break those barriers, and in a lot of ways, give us the ability to dream, the ability to hope, right? So there's a generational part of it, uh, which I which you can't discount it you can't discount the human part people people's willingness to go out and work hard and and lay themselves on the line to for a performance the technology has continued to improve i mean we certainly have you know we have marcel hug who's in a like $35,000, 40,000 uh, carbon fiber wheelchair that's designed you know in conjunction with f1 and uh, but you know some of that is really is really important too right it's it's not necessarily buying victory as much as it is also continuing the continuing continuing the 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 technology, right? The technology in a sense that that we we often don't have the money, we don't have the numbers, the demographics to 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 you know to to, uh, to 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 really get the r&d that we need to get the r&d that goes into that chair uh, you know I, this is a sport that's come out of out of people's garages you know, it's like it's it, people were it was like people who worked on their hot rods were working on their wheelchairs kind of thing, you know, and it's like and, and now you get some of the space age technology and space age materials that are that are affording people the opportunity to do what they'd always imagined they could do. But they hadn't had the you know, they hadn't had the ability to do it, the materials to work with. and And so, yeah, so it keeps getting better. But. You know, I mean, it's it's one of those things. Like, I go through the through the airport oftentimes with my racing wheelchair, and people ask me how fast can that thing go, and I, I'm often I'm a little bit cryptic, and I say, well, it, it all depends on the engine, and they're like, well, what 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 do you mean? Is there is there an engine on that? I'm like, yes, I am the engine, yes. and 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 a grossly underpowered engine, but <laughs> I am the engine of this thing and and it so it really it ultimately comes down to the engine but you're seeing people who are more professional you're seeing sponsors that have come in have afforded people the opportunity to to be professional athletes to put their time into the training and and yeah the technology is going to continue to grow and hopefully it hopefully it does grow because we want to see i mean it's it's uh you know I was talking to Daniel Romanchuk recently and I said you need to come to utah and do the st george marathon i think <laughs> i think you could go sub 1 hour i think they're they, they're talking about a two hour marathon. You know, these runners want to break the two hour marathon. I think you could go one hour, sub one hour in it. He, I don't know if he was sold, but I think somebody could. I mean, I've gone, I've gone 118 there yeah. and he's significantly faster than I am. So, I mean, I don't know. That might mean that he goes like 40 minutes or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, great, great stuff, and, and good points. And
0: I, I think you know, also with with more media coverage, with more attention, with more awareness. And uh, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if this is a, a positive or a negative. I, I think a positive. But just like the Olympic Games, we have a heated controversy yesterday at the Paralympics, and we're we're not talking about COVID or uh, anything health related, but. On the field of play, uh, a shot putter from Malaysia, Mohamed Zayed Zolkafli, had won a gold medal in the F-20 shot put class, uh, celebrated. The Ukrainians, who had finished silver and bronze, uh, issued a protest saying that the Malaysian was not there for the the start, for the call time in the room. Uh, Paralympics or or para-athletics officials, I should say, uh, looked into this and and Zokaflee was disqualified and it's been an outpouring on social media, as you might imagine, not a lot of uh, a lot of Malaysians that are not happy in addition to others and and people have called it robbery. Uh, your, your assessment of this whole situation it's it's a little bit complicated. it seems unfortunate, but uh, hey, I, I guess this is sports.
1: Yeah I understand where people come from, right? I mean this this idea of like, well, he was on the field. And he did the best on the field, right? So he should well be the winner. But it's also, I mean, if you look at just how intricate a schedule it is to carry off these games, and, and there, are, there are those hard and fast rules. I mean, we wish that there could be you know, there could be a little gray area. And I'm, I'm glad that I'm not somebody who has to determine where the black is, where the white is, and where the gray is, right? I'm not, I'm not that person but but you know i mean that's when they, when there are rules those rules can be enforced i mean should be enforced and and yeah there might be a gray area but you can't be surprised when you've broken a rule and they call you on a rule that's broken
0: mm.
1: and 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 disqualify i mean it's i mean it's heartbreaking to watch an athlete at the biggest event, you know, the 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 dream of their lives, right? And they get there and and they twitch and they false start and they get a red card and that's it and it's like well you've done everything to get here. This is your one race and you're done. You're out. You don't even get to race. You're right there, you can look at it and you know, well what well, you know, I mean it's it's the whole the whole Mulligan thing right it's like oh well you know I mean I'm right here like can't can't I just race and then you can disqualify me afterwards or whatever And it's like no these are the rules and and if those are the rules you can't be surprised when somebody enforces the rule and and I think unfortunately that's the case I mean I, hey love to love to say that's the way it worked you know that, that oh yeah you, you you get the gold medal you're good but if that's the rule that's the rule and that's the way it goes.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's let's move on, Chris, to inspiring performances uh, that remained gold medals. We we mentioned in the opening, and and these two athletes, like yourself, have done so much for the for the Paralympic movement. Again, Oksana Masters, just incredible, uh, double golds uh, in the time trial, the road race. She said, coming into Tokyo twenty twenty, her dream was to win. two more gold medals you know and and obviously she has medals also in rowing cross-country skiing biathlon you know she'll probably have a short rest and then get ready for Beijing and and not to hit you with too much also but we, we talked about Jessica Long the the U.S. swimmer that captured the hearts of America with her ad during the Super Bowl she now has 27 medals she's from Maryland she's trained with Michael Phelps and she has a chance to tie Phelps in her final event on Friday. So, you know, what can you say about these two para-athletes, among others, that have just done so much for the movement on and off
1: the field of play? They are defining athletes, that's for sure. I mean, you talked about Oksana first, right? Oksana, two gold medals. I mean, just some of the things that she's done, right? I mean, she won gold medals in, in Pyeongchang after she had slipped on the ice on her prosthetics and fell and dislocated her elbow. So just just saying dislocated her elbow sounds like a a pain that none of us want to imagine, right? I mean, just absolutely brutal. But then she went and raced afterwards. And she raced on that had a big brace on and won with this dislocated elbow. She is one i mean she she's such a study in contradiction isn't she because she's she is the fiercest competitor she hates to lose she's going to do whatever it takes to win but on the flip side she is like one of these most exuberant sweetest like uh, most generous people you'll ever meet and and so i mean it's a it's an absolutely tremendous uh, jessica same kind of thing i mean just just to see uh, you know, just I mean, I was I was seeing one of the one of the documentaries that they put up. So they did a primetime documentary, and she had gone back to meet her her birth mother, and back in in Siberia. And it was just, and she went with her sister, uh, which you know was just supportive. I mean, you can only imagine like how emotional a, an experience this must be. She went back and she met her birth mother, and and her birth mother had to give her up just because. Because they just they just didn't have the means to be able to, to be able to help her to be able to raise her and 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 you could see the mother just looking at her going wow I can't believe that you I, I never I never could have imagined that this child would do all of these things and we're all in a position where we need to be where we need to be surprised. And and Jessica is somebody who she surprised her birth mother. She surprised herself. I mean, the the Super Bowl ad, one of the coolest things about the Super Bowl ad is we continue to see it, right? I mean, Super Bowl ads seem like they spend a whole lot of money for, for 30 to 60 seconds that are disposable that we never we never see it again. But we've continued to see this one. This has a life and and it has it has a great life. And and not only does that do the stories have a great life, she continues to prove it in the pool and just keep coming through with just amazing performances with gold medal performances. Truly incredible performances. And I'm um,
0: looking forward to Friday to see if she could, if she can match Michael Phelps, which is uh, obviously quite an accomplishment. I wanted to also ask you, Chris, uh, these are the first Paralympic games. Um, where the United States Olympic Committee is now the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee. Of course, they changed their name in in June 2019 to to celebrate all Team USA athletes, uh, Olympians, uh, Paralympians, uh, roughly 240 uh, American Paralympians at these games. Uh, Since the name change, Chris, have you seen uh, anything different in in terms of support, uh, finances, uh, you know, just... uh, social media and applauding these athletes since the name change. I mean, obviously names are important, but, uh, you know, it's much more than that.
1: Yeah, and and I think the name really is important. I think that that is a big step to say U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee. Uh, Paralympics in a lot of ways have, have lived in obscurity. You know, I think a lot of the athletes are looking around saying, OK, well, it's an empty stadium. That's not a lot different than than the way that we compete oftentimes. Right. So so it's not as big a deal for a lot of these athletes. But but that step, the you know, one, the USOPC becoming the USOPC, right? The USOC becoming USOPC is something that's really important. Uh, it lends it lends a lot of credibility. I think those guys coupled with a lot of the sponsors, I mean, what Toyota this year went and made $3,000 stipends available for, for all athletes trying to, trying to make the making and, and trying to make, I believe the Paralympics, which is, which is a really big deal that that publicity goes a long way. And I think that the, I've always thought that that we need to connect with those big sponsors we need to connect with those people who have a megaphone and have a desire to not only just change sport but to change society i like i like the quote uh and you know so so powerful and and
0: and gives so much credence to the paralympics from from jessica long and she said you know my, my biggest hope is that one day we never have to explain what the Paralympics are, I mean, it's, it's, it's intriguing. It's, it's, it's powerful and, 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 you know, and, and hopefully that happens.
1: Yeah. I hope, I hope it happens. I mean, it's, it's a hard thing to do, I think. Right. I think that, that in some ways, as little kids, we play the role of the hero, you know, if we're playing in the backyard by ourselves, it's game seven of the world series and we're down by three runs and the bases are loaded and I'm at bat, you know, and I get to, I get to win it. But, but we don't see ourselves as that hero oftentimes. You know, we don't want to put that, that, that hero-making scenario against ourselves. And, and I think that in a lot of ways, Paralympians show us, show us who, we, who we could be. I mean, it's, it's ultimately relatable. And, and, but we've got to be open to that relatable part. I think that oftentimes we are we're so caught in preserving who we think we are that we don't recognize that that we have to we as individuals have to have to continue to to grow and continue to embrace that uncertainty in order to in order to grow. And uh, that's that's where the Paralympics, the fluid nature of the Paralympics, the growth nature of the Paralympics is something that 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 hopefully it really it really hits people on a visceral and a personal level. Yeah, it seems
0: like these Paralympics uh, definitely have three days to go, Chris. Uh, closing ceremony there on uh, on Sunday, which you know will will be festive. Obviously, without fans, has been the case uh, as as we've been used to dealing with. But uh, put you on the spot, Chris. Three days to go. What can we expect? Any predictions? Uh, you know, anything exciting
1: to look forward to as we we come to the culmination of these games. Culmination of these games. I think that we are looking at. We're looking at a variety of different things. I mean, certainly the the marathon is at the end, so I'll get to the marathon. But, I mean, Nick Mayhew, I I don't want to say that he won't break a world record in the 200, right? He's got the 200 that's coming up. That's going to be great. Uh, I'm hoping that that Susanna is healthy, and I want to see Susanna and and Tatiana running that marathon. Tatiana is closing in on the most medals ever in the Paralympics on the track, you know, so, so that's something that, that she has a chance to get to 21, which there are really 22 is the, is the top, top track athlete. And so, so, you know, and that's pretty amazing when you're talking about a 32 year old 32 year old woman. Uh, so, so looking at that, I, you know, Daniel, to me has been, I mean, I have to be biased to a certain extent, right. I'm a wheelchair racer and, and, and it, it, I have to be biased in saying I, I want to see him do what he does. I want to see him do what he does in the eight hundred. I was never I was never a racer like like he was, but but I feel like in some ways I can celebrate his victories just by by being able to watch what he does and think, okay, I did something that was sort of like that. And it's like, well, what did you yeah, do that was sort yeah. of like that? Well, I got into a racing chair and I and I pushed around a track. Yeah, so that was that was sort of similar, but that might have been where the similarities ended.
0: Great, so not not to mention your many Paralympic skiers and uh, Paralympic medals in in para skiing, Chris. We're we're talking about the Summer Games here, uh, Beijing, just five months away. Uh, any any chance of a comeback, Chris, to to add to that total of uh, Paralympic skiing medals? You you, you look fit there.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, I think no. No, there's no. I think by the time I got to Sochi, you know, you you retire, and then there's the part of your mind that's like, I could do that, I could do that, I'd be in the medals. By the time I got to Sochi, it went, no, I can't do that. So that was 2014. That's uh, that's two games ago now. No, no, there's no comeback. My my hope right now is to be able to tell a story uh, on the microphone that that honors the athletes and helps the audience to see. To see what the athletes see, to see how athletes see themselves and and to, to see that victory through that prism. Fantastic. You are doing a tremendous job of that, Chris. Keep up the good work there at NBC. We
0: should also mention, uh, Chris, uh, uh, normally hosting the Living It podcast as well. I assume that will continue after the Paralympics. And of course, uh, I I know you're still obviously actively involved with your foundation, One Revolution. So uh,
1: I I hope you will get some sleep after these Paralympics because you, you deserve it, Chris. Thank you. And actually we did. So before the games for the name tags chat podcast, I brought in, I think 30, 30 athletes, 30, mostly on the track and field side. We did have a couple of other athletes. We had like uh, Rudy Garcia, Tolson, who, Great story. Ended up in, couldn't find a pool. Ended up swimming in David Duchovny's pool to train in, in Malibu. So, uh, story I don't for know. another I'm a huge day. Californication fan. So, <laughs> I assume it was not a similar setting to Californication, but, uh, but you know, had 30 athletes. So, if people want to uh, dive in a little bit deeper, we have stories from, you know, uh, on living at Daniel and, and Tatiana, but then we also have, uh, we had Susanna, Chelsea McClammer, we had, uh, uh, Jaylene Roberts we had Brittany Mason who I look forward to seeing her in the 200 just an amazing sprinter so uh so yeah we had we had a ton of amazing athletes so if people want to check that out it's the name tags chat podcast and it is where you find your podcast there you go
0: all right Chris keep up the good work Look forward to uh, continuing discussions with you and and hope to see you back on the slopes somewhere in the near future, hopefully this winter, whether it be in Park City, Utah, I don't know, Beijing, perhaps Italy. Uh, look forward to that, Chris. You can always twist my arm to come in Italy, Brian, you know? All right, Chris. Appreciate your time, your expertise, your analysis. And uh, We look forward to uh, listening and and seeing you on a few more days of NBC's Paralympics coverage and uh, obviously all the best with, with everything else, Chris. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. All right. Our guest, Chris Waddell here on the Around the Rings podcast. Don't forget Around the Rings for more than 30 years, your go-to source for news and information about both the Olympic and Paralympic movements. I'm Brian Pinelli. We'll catch you guys down the road.